Before we get into the show, I just wanted to say from the cast of DND Raw that we hope you are safe and well. The health and safety of our listeners is our top priority, and we want to make sure that we do our part to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Now, better known as coronavirus, this disease has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes, and cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. For the podcast, we plan to continue releasing episodes on our regular schedule and keep recording new adventures with our characters remotely. You can also send letters to Leuven at dm at dndraw.com right now. More details on that during the episode. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our players' to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DMs notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Johnny Torres for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Before we begin, I wanted to make a brief announcement. Our longtime listeners will remember when we first started the Orenthal series nearly three years ago, set 150 years before our current actual play. That campaign followed our characters as they unraveled a sinister plot in the capital of the Vremer Empire, Orenthal. Our cast members have been wondering what happened to those adventurers after all these years. Some characters lived out their lives doing good and serving the kingdom. Others had long lives and still impact the world of our campaign today. Adam's character, Sildan, was a young elf at the time of that campaign, and in today's episode, we see his return. It only seemed right for Adam to return to voice the character he created, so we hope you will enjoy getting to hear two characters from Adam in the same scene. If you haven't listened to the Orenthal series, the entire campaign is available now on our podcast feed. We are also working on re-releasing an updated version with new music and editing this summer. We hope that is something you will enjoy. Next week will be Serviceable Plots, Episode 42. Join us now for Serviceable Plots, Episode 41, Grandmaster Sildan. And with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliffe, the human rogue fighter. Last time, Scriv and Nyssa met up with Bai who spoke of the changeability of the elves before bequeathing Scriv some new enchantments for his sword. Belinda and Akiva, meanwhile, spoke with Umbra, who agreed to release the amulet back to them and admitted he needed Akiva to get the Blade of Tenebris so he could gain his lost memories. Belinda agreed to allow Akiva to acquire the sword in this exchange. With the amulet returned, the party decided to follow up a lead and head to the Monastery of Kakos where Scriv met with his old friend, Strides and Moments, who drew his blade and challenged Scriv to a fight. Go ahead and roll initiative. All right. You go first. So Scriv, he holds his blade up. You seem to be able to react first. He wants to show me the defensive measures, so I will approach and attempt to knock him prone. Okay, so that is a strength check. That is a four. So you have your shield and your short sword, and you go to shove him with your shield to kind of get him off balance. But he is suddenly behind you, and you feel like a light smack from the back of his hand to the back of your neck. Shannon, you can do better than this. It's his go, so. 
You all see kind of this fluid motion with his sword as he starts to dance and weave around Scriv. And his sword seems to be in multiple places at once. And as it flows, you see first a fist come right out towards you, Scriv. And you turn and deflect it off your shield. It's just glancing off. And as that comes, he spins quickly and smacks you with the uh, pommel of his blade. You take eight points of damage as he returns back to a uh, defensive style. So it is your go, Scriff. Using the dull side of my sword, I will strike out. Okay, make your attack roll. 23. So you go to strike out, and he raises a hand as it glances off a shimmering magical force. And I will use bonus action to disengage and move back away from him. Okay, so you move back 30 feet. His speed is unbelievable as he suddenly runs at you and spins around to get to the other side of you and goes to uh, strike at you with his foot and kicks you like in the side. You take six points of bludgeoning damage and as you take a couple of uh, steps away from the initial blow, he goes to strike at you with his sword again, doing non-lethal, and smacks you in the chest with the hilt of the blade, taking eight more points of damage. I am bloodied and will therefore yield. Shannon, that was not bad. It was much better than your initial attempts against me before. Who are your friends? My apologies. And he sheathes his longsword. I'll say, uh, are you okay, Scriv? I'm good. And I uh, take a breath and uh, use my second wind to recover at least a modicum of my dignity. (laughs) (laughs) As I nod over to the party. These are my associates, Belinda Walsingham, Nessa Turin, and Akiva Khonshu. They are my traveling companions from Morenthal. Strides and moments. A pleasure to meet all of you. Pleasure to meet you. Indeed. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if I could take some time to catch up with you, Strides and Moments, while they might be shown the rest of the monastery? Uh, of course. I believe Rolf is available at this time. I will go and fetch him. Well, actually, why don't all of you come with me? I will fetch Rolf, and he will give you a tour of our monastery. That sounds lovely. We just didn't want to intrude on a private conversation. This way, please. So, you're an Eladrin, uh, strides moments. Ah, indeed. You're recognized by my coloration. Well, and the chill you put in the air. Oh, my apologies. I will restrict that some more. And you kind of, like, he seems to focus a bit, and it, it recedes a little. Embracing the winter? It is one of contemplation, one that I like to focus on very much. After about a minute, Scriv is just going to start speaking like strides and moments. Because he wants to emulate strides and moments. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. I can appreciate some time spent in solitude and meditation. Plenty of that here. Indeed there is. It has given me much time to perfect my defensive fighting style. You're very good. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have practiced quite a bit with the longsword, a favorite weapon of my father. Your father? Was he also... A fighter like you? Indeed. He preferred that I focus more on the dance of the blades, or the blade song, I believe you call them. But I felt that by attributing the skills of a kensei into my own fighting style will make for a much stronger defensive style. So you made a new song. That I did. What did you think? It was a very powerful song. I appreciate that. Has your family accepted the song yet? I am working on it. Once I show them the perfected technique that I have, I feel like I will be brought back with open arms. Nissa, I know you know how to wield a blade. Is this at all how you think about fighting? No, not at all. This is all very new to me. Uh, What are your thoughts on the fighting style, Nissa? I usually just, you know, stab them. Beyond that, I don't know. Not giving it much thought. It can be very effective if you look for the weak points in your target, I believe. As Shannon, I know, is prone to do. As long as I have someone else who can provide support to find those weak points, a stand-up fight is a bit difficult. This is why we work as a team. Yeah. Everyone here fights differently. Nisara, you're just a natural, right? You didn't have to study? I've never trained or studied, no. We have many books on the subject if you wish to study more, as well as several weaponry that you could practice with if you want. I'd be interested to try, yeah. Excellent. Well, I'll have Rolf show you around. And your blade, that is a more interesting one. You said your name was Akiva. Yes, uh, Akiva Kanchu. What kind of weapon is that that you carry? Uh, this is my kopesh. A kopesh? Yes. 
from what I've been told, it wields uh, very similar to a battle axe. Very interesting. I have not tried the battle axe myself. Perhaps I shall give it a go. A fascinating weapon. His weapon is uh, a special weapon. It might not accept you as a wielder if you wanted to try and use it. It's similar to Hunter's Moon in that you have to attune to it. You must focus on And he takes a closer look at your blade. We should talk more, Shannon. Yeah, I'd like that. Scriv, you notice under his breath, he kind of whispers, Ira Wadona. And then just kind of a slight brief frown. But you guys do arrive and uh, you notice he is approaching uh, these two half-elves. One is about average height, athletic, dull bronze skin, long kind of straight white hair, older uh, half-elf, pretty old, and hazel eyes. Uh, you notice by his garb, he is a master uh, at the monastery, um, and he is speaking to a young uh, half-elven woman, kind of short, cropped blonde hair, light blue eyes, uh, soft golden skin. Both are pretty athletic builds, and he seems to be instructing her on how to fight with a scimitar. As you approach, Strides goes, Rolf! We have some guests of the monastery. They wish to have a tour and see the place. Rolf looks up. Ah, uh, yes. Please, I will be happy to help you. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you very much. We've heard uh, that it's got quite an extensive library and armory, and we're just very curious to see, take a look at everything while Scriv Shannon and uh, Strides Moments catch up. Brief eyebrow raise from Strides. Scriv. We have a lot to discuss. Indeed. Please, we shall walk. It was a pleasure to meet all of you. I'll catch up with you guys after we talk, and hopefully I, we can have an audience with the Grandmaster. Sounds good. Uh, likewise, strides a moment. Pleasure. And he will start to walk out. And I will follow. Rolf does a uh, small bow to you and just goes, Might I ask your names? Uh, I'm Akiva Kanchu. Uh, Belinda Walsingham. Nissa Dern. Walsingham. Yes. Rolfian. He'll turn and to the other, the half-elven woman there, and just continue to practice your forms. I will return shortly after. And she just does like a short little bow and says, yeah, sure, no problem. And she just like starts to attack a training dummy and practice her techniques. Sorry, uh, do, do you like to go by Rolf? Yes, I usually go by Rolf. That's a very unique accent. Thank you. Picked it up mostly from my father. And he will gesture for you to follow him. Is there anything in particular you would like to see, or is it simply a tour of the monastery? A tour? Uh, and then I know I was interested in taking a look at the... Shannon has talked about the, uh, the archives. We have a moderate library here. And this, I know you were... Were you interested in seeing the armory? Yeah, yeah, if possible. Of course, we can show you. We have several simple weapons here that we can use. And you can train with if you wish. You do see... They have a library. They have a small, like, almost infirmary type of place for injuries. Um, they use a lot of herbs in order to help to heal wounds and stuff like that. Uh, there is a bathhouse and kind of a meditation area. I will ask questions about how they do their meditations and such. You, we could just yada yada that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. There is a single, very large mess hall. You don't notice any differentiation in, like, where people might sit or anything like that. It seems like it's very much, we're all equal here. Um, you do get a tour of the cots, very small rooms, but you do get a chance to stop by the armory and the library. I'll, I'll make a comment to Rolf. You seem very open here. We're strangers to you. I know we have a, a friend who has been here before, so perhaps that gives us a bit of an introduction, but are you usually so welcoming to everyone? It is our way to inclu be inclusive to all people. We look for the best in others first and deal with them if they are not the best that we expect. So has the monastery ever been under any sort of attack? You seem very safe and secure here. Long before I was born, when we were last attacked. What happened? It was during the time of the Cataclysm. Supposedly a draconic attack, but my father says otherwise. He believes the draconic attack was a, a smokescreen for a more insidious assassination. Assassination? Yes, they tried to wipe out the former Grand Master here. Sadly, they succeeded, but in the process, they eliminated nearly all of the monks that resided here. My father was the last remaining Kensei, in fact. The last one trained under the former master. Who's they? Roll persuasion. Fifteen? A group working with the Darakul at the time. They 
snuck in and tried to eliminate all of the masters here. Tried to eliminate all of the Kensei, but my father was on a separate mission at the time. Very, very few survived the attack. So was someone working with the with the Darakul? Indeed. I'll sort of give a look over at Akiva. I've heard stories of the Cataclysm on this plane, with the Darakul being even more organized than our interactions with them. It, it, it didn't seem natural. No. <laughs> they are filled with evil necrotic energies. Undead. Intelligent undead, in fact. A dangerous combination. Well, yes. But, well, I mean, not even natural for the Darakul. I have a lot of experience with them. You do? You come from the Shadowfell, then? Yes. <laughs> Is your intention with the meeting with my father to discuss one of the deaths here? No. Wait, the deaths here? No, I assume, as a Shadar Kai, that he is. He is here to see a death? No, that's not my purpose. Then what is your purpose on this plane? Semi-permanent resident. Well, I hope then at least the plane has been treating you well. Much better than the Shadowfell. Sorry, you said- you mentioned your father was the only survivor. Is he the Grand Master? Indeed. Sildan Yam. Ah, well, we were hoping to speak with him later. Perhaps that would be possible. I will see if he has anyone else that he has a meeting with, but that should be no problem. We would not waste his time. I would assume not. Not with a Shadar Kai in tow as well, and a Walsingham. Yeah. I think from there, though, we can continue with our, our tour and, and cut to... Shannon, how have you been these past few years? It has been some time. A lot has changed. Went back, traveled some of the Vremer expansion with my father, visited a number of ruins with my mother, picked up a job as a Scrivener back home. Ah, hence the name Scrive. Yes. Shannon is a name that most people are taken aback by when they first hear it. I do not know why. It is a good name. Shannon is a strong name. It is a name typically given to women rather than men. I do not understand this. Why would you care if this is a name given mostly to women instead of men? That's a very good point. I was mostly embarrassed about it simply because I was just getting tired of other people being taken aback. You're one of the few people who actually just accepted it and moved on. It is a name. It is your name. That is the importance of it. Maybe I should just start using it more then. Speaking of names, your blade is not Iradona. Not anymore, no. What is the name of your blade? Before that, what can you tell me about Bai Agosto? I know she is Fae, I know she is ancient, but I know little else beyond stories that are told in the country. Uh, she is a fable. Why do you ask? Because I've met her. Twice. Ah. I ask you again, Skrieve. And he just smirks a little bit. Shannon, what is the name of your blade? Feridir o Italu It's Sylvan, I don't know. Feridir o Italui. Yeah. Hunter of the Dusk Fae. What does that mean? I heard a story about the origin of elves and fae and the different types based on planes and gods and everyone else manipulating everyone else, but I don't know what the dusk fae are. I am sure you know a bit about Eladrin, yes? At least what I have told you. A little smile again. Elves that have grown in the fae wilds that have been changed by the magic of that place. And then you separate into summer and winter courts based on location? We are fae that left the Feywild and returned, and are no longer just fae. Eladrin had left the initial magic that existed within the Feywild. There are not two courts. There are four. The dawn, the day, the dusk, and the night. My family belongs to the court of the night. There are four courts, and the blade's name has been changed from Hunter's Moon to Hunter of the Dusk Fey which is a particular court among the Eladrin. Indeed. This Bayagosto. If it was Bayagosto, because you're saying it, she's just a fable, this being granted me a boon and changed my blade. She did something similar to when you gave me the blade, where it sank into the earth and then rose again and I drew it forth. Then at the very least, she is a fae. A full-blooded fae. As I gave you initially... A simple blade and enchanted it with simple magics to take the magics that I have given the blade and enhance them is not something within my capabilities. 
Once magic is infused in a blade, it is very difficult to change the magic. So being like that has to be old alongside being powerful, to be able to do something that delicate, that difficult. Fey in and of themselves can live forever. What? Can. They can be killed, but they do not age after a certain point. Not physically. So then it is possible that this being that calls itself Biagosto is Biagosto. There is legend and lore on Biagosto, but has never shown any proof that she is real. A fae that is both an arch-fae and an arch-devil or powerful devil? I have yet to see evidence of this. Fable and rumor, my friend. Fable and rumor turned fact. I'm holding the evidence right here. Whoever you met was a fae. I do not believe this is the Spyagosto that you speak of, but one that may be claiming to be the Spyagosto. However, you know that I am one to tend to prefer to experience things myself, so I believe you, but I believe you may have been misled. Strides and moments, can I ask you something? Yes, my friend. I dealt with a being, some older creature. I'm not sure what it was, if it was a demon or a devil or an ancient fae, but it recoiled when it came in contact with me. Uh, I've spoken with this ridiculous fae creature, whether it's by a ghost or not. When I went back home, I came in contact with a celestial being, and I will lift my shirt to show the healed side. It was what did the damage initially, and it healed me beyond anything that a normal magic would do. I've met with all of these things, and you! Just all these non-human supernatural things, and what I'm trying to ask is am I human? Am I just normal? Everything that I've been told. Roll persuasion. That is a crit. So what's the total? 21. I'm trying to figure out how to broach the subject, Shannon. I don't know who to ask. I don't know who to turn to. I don't know what to tell you. I can tell you what I see in you. That you are not simply human. Not just. I do not know why, but the moment I met you, there was something different. I have met many, many humans here. But there is almost as if there is an energy within you that is a part of you. But it's not magic. I can't use magic. My father tried running me through a couple of basic exercises. I didn't have any sort of spark of sorcery, or I couldn't make sense of any arcane magic. And, well, given recent events, I never showed any promise of channeling divine energy like a cleric or a paladin. That's why he sent me here. He thought that maybe key would work out, but the Grandmaster didn't see anything. I do not know what it is that this energy within you channel, but it is as if it is a sense of life, of positive energy, one that attracts people of my kind. I see. Well, then, there's one person that I can ask... Or rather to get the whole story. And who might that be? My father. I'm going to have to ask Paladin Whitecliff a couple of questions about me, I guess. Considering what you have told me of your father, that is a conversation you must have very carefully. Belinda was my father's associate before we decide to travel together. They used to work together in the government. She says that she worked on just census data and everything else, but I'm starting to have my doubts. She's entirely too ready with answers and deftly avoids answering things and I think there's more there and I think there's things that she and my father aren't telling. So. I would be very cautious about how you bring up such subjects especially considering this energy that you have. It's if an individual claiming to be by Agosto is interested in you uh, that must mean that this energy they know a way to use it. That is my assumption. And I trust your wisdom and your judgment. And I've always appreciated it. I just wish I you appreciated it a bit more with Iradona. He does look a little hurt that the blade is different. I'm a little hurt by that too. However, it was a gift. A gift for you to use to the best of its abilities, and if it can be a better use to you, you should use it. Thank you, Strides and Moments. Of course, Shadow. Is there anything else you wish to ask of me, or shall I return you to your friends? We need to speak to the Grand Master with regard to a number of subjects. There's there's a demon lord that the head cleric is trying to gather forces for. He holds a hand up, 
perhaps as much as you appreciate my insight and wisdom, I may not be the best one to inform all of the secrets that you have. No offense to you, Scriv, whether I am potentially chosen for a mission to help you is a whole nother story, but that you may wish to address to the Grand Master. Right. Okay. I am sure Grand Master Sildan will be more than happy to assist you. Is there any advice that you can provide with regard to speaking with the Grand Master and getting him onto our side? Any threats that he might be aware of that he might not be ready to share? I mean, my best advice for you, Shannon, is do not lie to him. Be completely honest and truthful, for he is quite insightful. Everyone here is. That's what I always appreciated about it. It's a lot different than the city. It is much more peaceful here. You can focus more on what you wish to learn, what you wish to better understand. Thank you for your time, Strides and Moments. It is always my pleasure, Shannon. And then we should head back. He does a slight head bow and gestures for you to follow. Hi, I'm Lubin Cromdell. It goes without saying that I love partying and meeting new people. And, like most adventurers, I also have the good fortune of perfect health. But for the sake of those of us who are more vulnerable to COVID-19, I'm committing to social distancing as much as possible until this crisis has passed. I hope you'll join me and become my pen pal in the meantime. Just, you know, please don't lick the envelope. Thanks. Hey, this is Nick, the player for Leuven Cromdell. During these troubled times, we here at D&D Raw are keenly aware of the importance of entertainment media to help all of us get through. It is in this spirit that we're expanding the Nebersol network to include sending spells through electronic mail. Would you like to write a letter to Leuven? Well, now you can. Please address your letter to dm at dndraw.com, and Tony will make sure your message gets where it needs to go. Thank you. Assume you guys would be at the library by this point. I was just going to look for anything on like a Kopesh fighting style or battle axe rather. Oh, you'd find stuff on battle axe fighting style. Some of it's uh, more like like imagery of the style and technique off of like big scrolls. Also, the library itself, it's not like library filled with books. It's more like libraries that's filled with mostly scroll. It's like shelves of scrolls, basically. Like the Doctor Strange moment where you notice like all of those shelves are scrolls and there's some books over there and then there's more scrolls. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think it's relevant to any of my interests, which have already been established, I'm assuming. So I'll just browse and maybe help Akiva find what he's looking for. We have a nice time, I think. This is nice, right? Yes. Nice, calm. Nobody's trying to murder us. We're not being hunted. Well, not at least here. Currently. So eventually, uh, Scriv and the Strides and Moments arrives at the library. And Rulf, uh, I believe you wanted to speak with uh, my father. Yes. Uh, yes, indeed. We would love to if he has time for us. And if he doesn't, we can wait. He does have some time. There's not much that takes his attention today. How does Scriv look when he comes back with strides and moments? He seems more resolved, more in control of himself. Okay, so not withdrawn or aloof, but more focused, maybe? His body language probably reminds you of Jack a little. Good stuff. Okay. I'll give, I'll give a, a nod, just like... Yep. But there is a bit more distance between him and Strides and Moments than when they first left. Okay. I suppose if now's the time, let's go talk to the Grand Master. Rolf's father, I'll say, looking at Scriv, like, questioningly. I nod. Yeah. They look a lot alike. Strides and Moments will just balance. It was a pleasure to meet all of you. Shannon, I hope you will come visit again. Yeah. After our mission, I'd love to have the time to... Of course. Are you not joining us for this audience? Oh, I have other things to attend to, but please feel free to come see me before you leave. Will do. He does a slight bow and exits out the room. Rolf will then, if you will please come this way. And I'll fall and step beside Belinda. Quick telepathic uh, conversation to just Scriv. Did you achieve what you hoped to? Not as much as I would have liked, but I have more answers. You had more questions? Definitely. Seems to be all we do is collect answers and questions. You are escorted to one of the central buildings, pass through the mess hall to uh, what looks like basically kind of a receiving room. It's a little bit like off to the end of the building. Uh, it's a smaller room. You notice a uh, plain table, a few chairs across it, and kind of meditating on the opposite side of the room as you initially enter. Uh, Scriv, you've seen him before, but whereas Rolf is an old half-elf, the Grand Master still looks very young, and is an elven man. Bronze skin, hazel eyes, and shoulder-length black hair. You see the 
full finery of the monk garb on him, including the shawl across one arm as he is sitting in in a meditative pose when you initially enter the room. As you do, he opens his eyes. Father, there are guests here. If you recall, Shen Whitecliffe, these are his associates, Belinda Walsingham, Nissa Turin, and Akiva Konshu. And he gets up and goes, Chanon! And goes up, like, big arms up, goes to approach you, and you are aware of this from him, but he goes and puts his hand on either side of your face and lightly chaps your cheek. It is good to see you, my friend. How are you? Please, all of you, come sit. Thank you. Uh, Grandmaster, how should we refer to you? Please, just Sildan. Yes, Grandmaster. You see, by the way, no change in his demeanor. Like, he is very much used to people still calling him Grandmaster. As much as he tells people, please just call me Sildan. Yeah. Can we tell that he's probably like a wood elf? Like, is that... Oh, he is very clearly a wood elf. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) So yeah, you see the finery on him. You also notice, like, across his uh, back are two short swords. One looks much older than the other. But, Scriv, you've always seen him like this. Yeah. No, this is just the Grandmaster. Well, uh, thank you, Sildan, for making time to speak with us. I'm sure you're a very busy person. Yes, most of my time is taken up with, well, the various things around the monastery. But please, what can I do for you? We are hoping to verify that you could provide some aid to the royal cleric. We have an operation with... Have you been informed uh, with regard to the royal cleric and Tenebris? With Darwin? Yes. He has sent letters out to us. We have not had any sort of time frame, though, as to when this pirate attack will take place. Nine days from now. Ah, I had not received any letters yet, but that is good to know. You are asking for the aid of my Kensei in this, yes? Yes. We're just checking on the status, seeing if you'd been informed, I guess. Have you come to a decision? Well, it is quite a dangerous endeavor, and not one that my Kensei are used to undertaking. We are quiet bodyguards for the important figures of the Empire. What is your role in all of this? We will be tasked with acquiring some items in the Abyss. We will not be engaging with those forces directly. We know that there's someone you can get us in touch with. Yes, I have many people here at the monastery. Are we in a private enough place that we can- It's just you and him right now. Rolf is actually left. Okay. So uh, I will go ahead and do it telepathically and I'll, I'll do a group call. We were told we could contact Saria and her allies here. Saria did not send you? Not directly, no. You have not met her. Interesting. Who told you you could contact her here? Esvel. She is alright then. Good. I have not heard from her in some time. Uh, it's been well over a year since she went on her mission. Our understanding is she's still undercover doing her operation. We decided to not intervene when we could have. But she is safe. When we saw her, she seemed to be in control of the situation. Would you all say that's accurate? Yeah, I agree. Yes. I met Esvel many, many years ago when we discovered the experimental location that was near Thurgorum. Her father was out that way. She mentioned a bit about her powers. Mine seemed to originate separately. We're trusting all of this will be, of course, kept in the greatest confidence, but I'm assuming if you would be trusted with keeping a secret like this, you could keep our secrets as well. Of course, I will not tell anybody. However, your powers, they came separately? None of your family were missing or disappeared for any amount of time? I'm a Walsingham. He does kind of study you for a little bit. The only psychics I've encountered are ones that are the results of experiments of the Whispermans. I had a pretty happy childhood. Experiment free. Or descendants of. How many psychics have you encountered? In total, I know Saria, Esmel, and I guess now Belinda, but anybody else? There are more members of the organization, without divulging too much of their secrets. Let's say I have encountered several throughout my time. Some we have helped to train their abilities and learn what that means for them. Well, just to kind of cut to the chase, we sort of have a dual purpose here. It seems like one might have already been addressed, which was this whole tenebrous encounter. We thought they would be people who would be uniquely qualified to go and help with that mission. But if you're already aware and on top of things, I'm sure you would have already communicated that and probably gotten an answer. I have sent information out. The other piece is something Nissa has stumbled upon with regards to the Whispered Ones. What did you discover? That they have infiltrated the Shadow Wolves? Kind of like a little bit of a sigh. 
For all Linden's people never seem to really eliminate them from his organization, so they are in the Shadow Wolves. How many do you know? Do you know what ranking they are? I don't know how many, I do know there's at least one high-ranking individual. Did you happen to hear any mundane sounding terminology from them? A hand? A memory? A blood? Uh, we know of memories, thoughts, voices, and spawns, but those others you mentioned are new to us. We're just beginning to discover things, we kind of stumbled across this by accident. Well, I can at least tell you what I know about the rankings that we have learned over some time. The voice is their leader, and we have recently learned that the voice is Nalzion. Nalzion? It's a name all of you have heard because it is a figure in the Cataclysm game. The leader of the Darakul. So then it makes more sense that they're pairing with the Darakul if Nelzion's the one in charge of the Whispered Ones. It's why they are so connected. We've eliminated several, but the voice has three thoughts below him. That is all that remains of the higher structures of the Whispered Ones. Each thought has two memories, and the memories have two hands. The hands are the ones who create the experiments, the overseers of the experiments, and each hand has five fingers. They're the ones who tend to do the dirty work for the Whispered Ones. Quick question, do you know the name of the hand that Esvel was working for? Because I believe we met him. You have met that dragonborn? Yes. Kindral. So it seems if Esvel is working directly for Kendral, then that means she has reached the rank of Finger. It means she cleans things up and protects him. Below the fingers are the blood, the recruiters. They bring life to the body that is the Whispered Ones. You kind of see like a look of almost disgust on Sildan's face as he kind of says it. Sildan. Yeah. Is that the name of the member in the Shadow Wolves? Yeah. The only other ranking for the Whispered Ones is the Initiates, the Spawn. The thoughts direct the will of the voice, the memories prepare the strategies, the hands enact, that is their structure. How did you learn all this? Over 150 years of communication, organization, and adventures out into Nabrasil. So you know Saria pretty well then? We have spent a long time together. Would she be able to help us? Because we have found a recruiter, and I suppose we didn't know the hierarchy. He said there was someone who was coming to town, a contact of his, and it sounds like that is someone higher up, perhaps a hand, that we could eliminate. Because we're going to be given a location for this person, and we were entertaining the possibility of eliminating them to at least stop some of the infiltration of the Shadow Wolves so they won't be using their network to their advantage. If you do so, do so quickly and quietly. I can see if I can assist in some way. Could you get word to Saria and her team? We have no other way to contact them beyond Esvel told us to reach you. I can get word out. He seems pensive. You notice like there's there's something troubling him. What are you leaving at? Roll persuasion. 17. Last I heard from Saria was quite some time ago. She and Thoven were out dealing with a particular issue far from here. How far? Do you know what direction? She did not tell me specifics. A lot of the things we did, we did quietly and kept fairly contained. Thoven Arborshade? Yes, we are quite good friends as well. So he's not at Arborshade Academy often, I, I know, so he's working on this? Well, he himself is off working on various tasks with Saria. Many times he sends some of his simulacrum other places to establish a presence. Sorry, is that something that's public knowledge? No, but it is theorized. Simulacrum, what is that referring to? Basically, he creates himself again through magic. There is another one of him, just not completely him. Oh, handy. He tried to use it to attempt to stop what he believed was an assassination attempt on his life, so he made another version of him as well as some ambassadors he knew at the time. It was very different. Has he ever made a simulacrum of you? No, he would not do that. He would ask me before he ever did that. Because you're old friends. We are very good friends. I've known them for a long time. Over 150 years. It's longer than any of my friendships, that's for sure. I would think so. You're not an elf. Yeah, but say, I I'm sorry, I know you're an elf, so it's hard to determine what your age is. I'm over 200 years old. Where do we go from here? The hierarchy of the Whispered Ones is good. And, I mean, if Saria isn't here... Which we did not expect her to be. We were just hoping to find a way to contact her. Could you put us in contact with her, or... I could get the message out to Thoven. I have seen him more recently. If we are going with the thought that Kendral is going to be the one showing up, 
Are we, the four of us, equipped to handle that? If he is showing up in Orenthal, at least you have the advantage of having many people around. Do we worry about ruining Espel's mission? It sounds like from what you said, she's been working this for some time. The higher in the rank she goes, the closer she gets to eliminating a thought or a memory. You might not know this, but I figure it's worth asking. How often do the Whispered Ones kill each other? If they can get away with it, it it means they can rise up in the ranks and prove they are worth more than the rank above them, then it is not uncommon. This is why we believe Esfel has a chance of rising through the ranks. We have multiple goals. Nissa could kind of explain maybe how we got here. Her friend went missing. I am sorry to hear that. I understand when it happens. It is very stressful. A difficult time. I'm somewhat worried about him, but for now I think he's managing to stay safe and hidden. You've heard that he is in hiding then? Yes. Okay, good. He was a shadow wolf, but uh, he didn't uh, play the game the way they wanted. Good for him. I'm glad he was able to get into hiding. The Whispered Ones have been known to use methods that are... This is going to sound very weird, but I've seen brains with legs and they can infiltrate people's heads. I've heard stories. Do we do we know about intellect devourers? Like... Uh, roll arcana checks. Natural 20, so 28. 3. Natural 20, 23. 7. Belinda, Nissa, you have both heard these stories. You know all about intellect devourers. We're experts, apparently. <laughs> you know that they are creatures developed by Illithid, by mind flayers. You know the one big threat of intellect devourers is they can detect a mind, any sentient mind, within uh, 300 feet of themselves. So it's nearly impossible to sneak up on someone who has one. They can also drain your brain and then become you, with all of your memories. Intellect devourers, I assume? Yes. What, what are these things? That sounds bad. Nasty little things. Yeah, mind flayers create these things. They can become the person and kill them. Fun. Is there any way of detecting that a person is an intellect devourer? Well, they won't seem quite right. But I don't think there's any way on just a, a glance across a room. So we've already dealt with shape-changing interplanar assassins, and now you're telling me that there's these walking brains with legs that can become anyone. Well, they exist, but you're saying this was the past. I don't know if you have an ability that is similar, Belinda, but uh, Saria is able to see a difference in their aura, she calls it. I can read auras. I've never tried it on an intellect devourer. I think that's probably a blessing. She said she saw two auras. That is how she was able to find intellect devourers in difficult times, because they do not read as undead, even though the person is technically dead. So you're right, Scrib. Another thing to be uh, on the lookout for, since this is something the Whispered Ones have done before. Do you think we need to look out for intellect devourers again? Do you think they will use that method again? We have seen no sign of intellect devourers in decades. It seems they are trying to use different methods to achieve whatever goals they are attempting now. Well, we know they're now after souls, not minds. Sorry, I know this is a lot to unpack, uh, and you've just met us. <laughs> it's quite alright. I'm used to having conversations about very important things. Grandmaster, when I was training here, we focused mostly on, at least as an initiate, protecting the person that we were assigned to, or fighting in self-defense, or in defense of others. We're talking about murdering someone. You're eliminating an enemy. You're taking them out of the potential to harm others. So is that just, if someone poses a threat to other people, then we just, like that, kill them? There's no way to disable, and then... There are some targets that you will not be able to disable. There was a point, it was a difficult decision that I had to make, but in the moment, I did what I thought was right. I tried doing what you were thinking of. In a crowd of people, I saw someone watching us. I ran after him. I tried to grab him, he teleported away. I saw him again, I ran after him, and when I grabbed him a second time, he spun and had a fireball forming in his hands. He said if I did not walk away, everyone around us would die. I tried to incapacitate him, to stun him. He resisted my attempts, and had it not been for me trying to eliminate him, and for Saria's help, he would have killed dozens of people around us. But we killed him. He was a friend. But at that point, he was a threat, and we needed to eliminate him. So there comes a point where some people are just beyond taking prisoner. There are beings in this world that will not give you a choice. That if you do not kill them, others will die. They're beyond reason. Okay. Thank you very much, Grandmaster, for giving me your counsel. Of course, Shannon. 
so I think we have our next steps then. You'll reach out to Saria and see if she or any of her associates can provide aid. We don't have a way to reach Esvel directly, but if we can meet up with this contact, and if it is Kindrel, then I think we eliminate him. It will allow Esvel to rise up in the ranks to find out more about who's at the higher levels. It'll end the infiltration of the Shadow Wolves, but it will be a great personal risk for all of us. But I think the the risk is outweighed by the potential good that what we're going to do will cause. Do you have any of the monks here who would be able to come help us? I will see if there's anyone I can send with you. When do you expect the plan to happen? In about two days. If I can, I'll send someone to Orenthal in two days. Oh, we would appreciate that. We don't take this lightly. I would assume not. I have a question for you, Soldan. How much do you know of Nalzian's movements? Very little, since he's in the Shadowfell. I assume since you've been fighting him for years, you are aware of how the Darko work? Yeah. About 150 years ago, obviously, the event happened over on this side that caused a sudden drop in Darkul activity for a number of years. Only recently, in the past two years, there was a sudden siege that we weren't prepared for. It was like the old days of Darakul. Do you know of any movements he's making? Because I, I mean, I'm from the Shadowfell. Yes, Yoshidarkai. If he's part of the Whispered Ones, it's possible he's trying to amass a new force of Darakul to invade. Do you have any evidence other than the increase in their activity? I don't, but it was just a thought I had, because it was a random uptick in activity. If there is an increase in activity, most likely the Darakul are planning something. I do not trust them at all. I never encountered Nalzion myself. That was Stoven and the champions who helped to stop everything. Okay, it might at the very least, and I could be completely wrong here, but it would maybe be worth alerting Stoven that there may eventually be an, up, uh, an increase in Darkul activity and they might be planning something. I will let them know. That is good information to have if Nalzion is attempting to make a move. That would also explain why you've encountered some Whispered Ones if they are increasing their experiments. They could finally have some plan in place. You mentioned you used to go out on missions and things. Are you still doing that or are you mostly stationed here now? I have so many that I look after now. All of my little ones here. But I try to go out when I can. Most of the time I am here, however. Well, I guess we could remain in contact with you here then, if that's where you you will most likely be. Actually, one moment. And he gets up and he kind of like rummages through some stuff. Like, shuffles through some stuff like you see in, in uh, Crane and Aquarius Silver and hands over a small, smooth stone to you. A way for you to contact me more directly. I can reach you faster than you can reach me if you're in Orenthal. That makes sense. Well, thank you. Uh, we will, I guess, keep you updated on how this goes. Might I ask, how did you get your powers, Belinda? My deity gave them to me, uh, Adar. I had heard rumors that Adar disappeared. It's a question I'm still trying to answer. What what happened? Hopefully, Fumera can guide you on your path to finding the answer. I'll take any help I can get. So, after he says this, he reaches out and rubs the top of your head. I do not like that at all, but he's been very nice and helpful, so I will keep a very, like, placid expression on my face, like, hmm, thank thank you, Sildan. You've been very kind and helpful. It is my pleasure. Please, if you need to speak with me again, that will be the quickest way to contact me. But I hope I can help more, and perhaps we will see what can happen by the 29th of Lefnui. Thank you again for everything. Always happy to help if I can. And he will get up and go over, starting with Akiva, place his hands on either side of your head, and put his forehead to your forehead while staring right in your eyes, and then start to do that to each one of you, unless you say otherwise. Thank thank you. Used to it. We're good. How does Nissa feel about that level of touching? (laughs) She's not a fan, but she'll let it happen. (laughs) Just like, he was very nice. He was nice, he gave us lots of information. Ah, get off me. Thank you, my friends. It is good to have met all of you, and it is good to have seen you again, Shannon. Yes, Grandmaster. I'm glad to have seen you, too. Thank you very much for your time. Sorry, uh, also, your your son was very kind to us. You must be very proud of him. Yes, I am. I'm proud of both my children, and my granddaughter. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Are they also here at the monastery? No, my granddaughter took my wife's name. As she put it, she wanted to return honor to my wife and her name. Marsk. Olga Marsk? Ah, you met her. Is she doing alright? 
She comes to visit every so often, but it has been a while. She's very effective in her duties. She's doing well. Uh, yes, we saw her, uh, I suppose about a month ago? In Amaran. I'm so glad to hear it. She writes letters on occasion, saying that life is simple, but there are undead attacks on occasion. I try to visit her when I can, though it takes a few days to get out there. Well, I recommended her for a job with the Vremer Empire, so perhaps she'll be closer. Thank you. It would be so nice to see you on a regular basis. She is one of my actual little ones, though I do call everyone here my little ones. What a small world. Thank you for your generosity. We will leave you to it. Thank you. Belinda, is there a way I can get in contact with you in the city if the sending stone has already been used that day? Uh, you can always send me mail. It's a bit unexciting, but effective. Oh, I simply wish to see if Dovin might want to get in contact with you as you are another scion. Well, I receive correspondence at the Much Cry Little Wool. Very well. I will see if he can send information there when he has time to do so. Sorry I trained him as well. Sorry what? Sorry what? Oh, sorry, you asked earlier about psionics? So, Dovin is a psionic? Yes. She trained whoever could learn, my wife included. Has your wife also been on missions with Dovin? Many times. She went on any mission she could, though she passed away some time ago. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. It's quite alright, though. It's been decades at this point. I didn't realize there were so many mystics and mystics in training. It helps when they're all around Saria, because she goes out and looks for them. She tends to keep them in hiding though, cause she feels it is safer for them, considering they're all the results of experiments of the Whispered Ones. Well, and these are powers that most people are not comfortable with. It is very difficult for them to be stopped, like with Counterspell. It's true. Well, I'm sorry. If you think of anything else, do we want to stick around for a little bit longer? I think we have time. You are more than welcome to eat with us if you wish. We would appreciate that. That would be lovely. Thank you. Your generosity knows no bounds. Good. I am so happy to help. Please, Ralph will take you to the mess hall, and we will have food shortly. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written, or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to me at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And I hope to see you all next time in the world of Ostia.